read that encounter in Luke about the shepherds, I often think about how amazing it is that God chose shepherds to tell the first proclamation of the gospel to. Because when you think about it, um, if you knew anything about shepherds back then, they were kind of like in the lower class of society. They were pretty much nomadic. You know, shepherding is like a full-time job. You know, you live out in the fields. You live and sleep with the sheep. It is your sole responsibility to take care of hundreds, if not thousands, of sheep. It talks about in Job how Job had 7,000 sheep. And that's pretty incredible. So it takes up a lot of your time. So in shepherds back then, they really had a hard time kind of keeping up with the religious uh, law. They were out in the field, so that means that they couldn't really keep the Sabbath. They couldn't regularly go to the synagogue. I mean, in some people's eyes, they were kind of heathens, right? But God didn't choose a Pharisee. He didn't choose a scribe. He didn't choose Herod the king who sat in Jerusalem. He didn't choose any of those people. He chose shepherds to be the very first people to receive the gospel. And I think that's just absolutely amazing. Because I think about it and I think about how, how it must have felt for them. For shepherds who, ever since they were pretty much born, back then when you had a lot of siblings, the responsibility of the farm gets passed down. So if you were the firstborn, you would start taking care of sheep. But then when your brother is born, then you start taking care of the farm, and then your brother starts taking care of the sheep. And then if you have another brother that's born. And so it kind of just passes down from uh, brother to brother until you're the youngest brother, and you have no one to pass the sheep herding responsibilities to. So guess what you become? You become the shepherd of the family. Do you guys remember that story when Samuel the prophet went to go and he went to find the king that God wanted to anoint? And so they went to Jesse's house and Jesse had all these sons. And Jesse lined all of his sons in front of Samuel and said, look at you have so many of my sons to choose from. Any of these sons, they were big and handsome, right? The Bible says that they were good-looking and strong. And Samuel went from one son to the next and was like, are these all of your sons? And Jesse said, no, actually, I have one more. He's just out in the field. He's my youngest, David. He was forgotten. Doesn't it seem like that when you read the story that Jesse, the father, forgot about his youngest son, David? And kind of dismissed him. And I think about shepherds and I think that's probably how they felt all the time. They didn't live with people in society or in community. They were overlooked constantly. They didn't have riches or influence. They couldn't even keep the religious laws to be right with God himself. And so all of these things, I'm sure they had this complex about themselves, right? Well, I'm the outcast. I'm the forgotten one. I'm just out here. 
in the field. And it's beautiful because God didn't forget about them. They felt forgotten. But from the very beginning of time, God had a plan for them specifically. I often wonder if they knew that night, out of nowhere, you know, they were just minding their own business. They were just tending to their sheep, listening to the ba, right? <laughs> Trying to make sure that the wolves didn't get them or whatever. I wonder if they knew that that night, if they had some sort of feeling, some sort of anticipation. I doubt it. I'm sure it was just another mundane night for them. But the Bible says, and then suddenly. And I think about how that often occurs in our life. That right in the midst of the mundane, right in the middle of when we feel like we're stuck in a rut, right when we feel like we've been forgotten, and God, what exactly is my purpose and plan for my life? Suddenly. Sometimes we have these suddenly moments in our lives that changes forever. And that night for those shepherds, it changed them forever. Because as they were tending their sheep, suddenly an angel appeared. I don't know. If that doesn't change your life, I don't know what will. <laughs> and not only that, after he proclaimed this, the heavens opened with a chorus of angels. And you know it impacted them. But, but I think this is what really gets me is as shepherds, they sat there or they stood there and they received this message. And, and God chose them to go search for this baby in a manger. Like you would have to be so compelled. You would have to believe in the deepest part of who you are that this is true, to leave your sheep and go find this baby, this random baby in a manger somewhere, wrapped in cloths. They gave up their livelihood to go search. It says that they immediately, they hurried off. So there was no time to plan. Who's going to take care of these sheep? Let me go back to my house. Let me get my other brother, blah, blah, blah. No, they left immediately. Because something in them became personalized. I believe that that night, when the angel said, look, for joy, we, there's joy to the world. Luke 2. Let's go there real quick. It says, there is great joy for all people. Right? That's how the angel starts off. Angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for everyone. And in that moment, they, don't, they didn't even know what that meant. What is, what is this great joy? But when the angel was saying that, great joy for all people, because finally, finally, the promise of God is coming to pass. The promise that there's going to be a Savior, the promise that we're going to be able to be healed, to be free, to be in grace and no longer under the law, to be able to have this relationship with God. So great joy for all people. But then he said to the shepherds, he said, for unto you is born this day. Verse 11. 
There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. It's for you. Yes, it's for all the people. But this angel was talking to the shepherds specifically, personally, and said to you, to you who always feels like you've been forgotten, to you who felt like your job was just fallen into your lap and you didn't have a choice, to you who felt like you've always been an outcast, to you who always felt like you didn't have a choice over what you wanted to do, that you felt like you were locked out here, that you felt like you had to live away from society, that you felt like everybody else looked down on you. To you, this day was born a savior. And I think for the shepherds, they finally felt like, I am worth something. I must be worth something for God to send an angel to me. See, God could have proclaimed his gospel any way he wanted. Like he could have had a choir of angels open up to the entire world to proclaim the birth of his son. But he chose these little shepherds in a random field because he's personal. It's for the whole world, but it's for us personally. And so they were compelled. They were compelled to leave everything they had to go find this baby. By choosing these shepherds, God wanted to show all of us as we read the story that it didn't matter if we were rich or poor, if we have great influence or not, if we knew the Bible in and out and wrote it ourselves as a scribe or not, that the Savior was born for all of us, even the shepherds. I remember hearing the gospel many times myself. And I'm sure the shepherds knew the gospel in and out, right? They knew the promise that a Savior was coming. And I'm sure they, they heard the scriptures from the Old Testament. And they grew up, you know, uh, learning the law and all of this stuff. And uh, probably feeling the guilt that they can't ever keep it. But they knew. And I remember I've heard the gospel so many times growing up. When I was a kid, um, my parents owned a restaurant in Holland, and uh, there was a grandma who used to come in all the time. And I was probably like, I don't know, seven or eight, and she would take me to Sunday school. I remember that. The only thing I ever took from that, though, was the song, Jesus Loves Me. I don't remember anything else about really Sunday school. I remember sitting in the class and not knowing anything that was going on, but we learned that song. And, uh, and I walked away with that song. And then over the years, I had friends that would take me to go and see various movies. I had one lady who took me to go see Bruce Almighty and talked to me in the car about God. And then I, had, I remember I had some other friends who talk, took me to go see Passion of the Christ. That was a heavy one. And, uh, and I remember them saying, like, like, don't, aren't you, like, moved? Like, isn't there anything in your heart that's moved by that? And I was like, it was sad. I had the gospel presented to me in so many different ways. I remember one lady, 
I've told this story before, <laughs> but it always shocks me <laughs> still. I had this one lady where, um, you guys remember passing out yearbooks and having people sign it? Do you guys still do that? I don't even know. Do we still do that? I feel so old sometimes. <laughs> um, but we did that. We pass out yearbooks, and we're like, you know, write in our yearbook. And I had this one girl say, um, well, I don't really know what to write. And I said, well, if I died tomorrow, like, what would you say to me? And she wrote in my yearbook, have fun in hell. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, I had the gospel presented to me in many different ways. <laughs> but, you know, all, all of that, I had people give me Bibles and stuff. I, I, through all of that, though, um, I heard it. I heard it. And that's really all that happened, is it went into my ears, it maybe expanded my knowledge, and then that was it. That's where it stopped. Until I actually experienced it. And I remember one time, when I first came to The Rock, and I took OSL, Operation Silo Lives, it's one of our discipleship classes, and I took the first level. And see, I grew up in... Um, very strict Chinese culture, um, very uh, you have to earn love. Your worth is completely dependent on what you accomplish in life. And uh, either you dishonor your family or you honor your family. How many of you guys have ever watched Mulan? Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and so growing up, that's how I felt. All the time. You know, sometimes I think when we wake up in the mornings, um, most of us start at zero. And then anything good that we do that day, like, kind of adds up, like, our points. And then at the end of the day, we're like, yeah, I feel good. I did a lot today. Um, good points. Uh, not for me. Many mornings I woke up and I felt like I started in the negative. And I had to earn my way just to get to neutral. Just to, like, like stay a just to keep up, just to make my parents happy, just to try and get people's approval of who I am and what I did. And especially my parents, I grew up for most of my life trying to please them. And one day in OSL, I was taking this class and I learned about the love of God. And look, I have heard, God loves you, God loves you, and it's true. But again, all I did was hear it. I didn't experience it until that one day in class I was sitting there and all of a sudden I am hearing that I don't have to be good enough. That it doesn't matter how much I've done, good or bad, that I've already been accepted. That actually not just that, but God knew everything that I would ever do in my entire life and not only does he love me, but he sent his son and sacrificed for me just to be with me. And for the first time, I experienced it. And I was wrecked. And so we could hear over and over again the gospel and the love of God. But until... We face our faults and our weaknesses and we realize 
the extent of what God did just to be with you, we'll never experience it. See, the shepherds experienced it that night. I don't even think that it was so much that they were, there was this massive chorus of angels that changed them. I think it was that when they were in the midst of their hopelessness, that this was going to be the, as good as it's going to get for them. And they realized, I just was given this gift that God saw me personally and said, unto you a Savior is born this day in the city of David for you. Now go look. Because he came for you. That they felt compelled and changed and there was this experience they had. And then when they went to go search for the baby and they saw God did exactly what he said he was going to do. These shepherds went and proclaimed the gospel, and they were the first evangelists. Because of them, we now all know. Isn't that amazing? There is this difference between just hearing, just knowing, and experiencing. Something for yourself, personally. When God says, unto you a Savior has been born. Scott and I have these really good friends that live in Grand Rapids. And uh, they l- live next to these neighbors that were, um, you know, they were more rugged. I don't know, rugged? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, um, and they're, you know, our friends, let's call them Bob and Jane. Sue, Bob and Sue. <laughs> Bob and Sue love the Lord. And uh, have a really, really big heart for um, their neighbors and people they live life with and people they interact with and see uh, all the time. And they reach out to them. And and so their neighbors, I remember we would even go over there and uh, we would talk about, you know, like how they're doing and stuff. And they're like, yeah, you know, um, our neighbors over here that, that live right over here, yeah, we don't really know what to do yet because um, he beats his wife. And uh, I've called the cops on him a couple times because obviously, like, like I'm, I'm afraid for her life and all this stuff. And there's over the course of months, um, I remember going over there and, and soon we start hearing, like, yeah, we invited them over for dinner. Um, yeah, like, we're talking at night. Man, we, like, he called me. We had, like, four-hour conversation on the phone. I'm like, this is, this is really incredible. Like, what's happening? Well, one night, Bob took his neighbor guy friend out and uh they were talking and and this guy told bob like hey i just i gotta be honest with you um i'm i'm a terrible person like you don't you don't even know the things that i've done but i i beat my wife i know it's wrong but i just there's just something in me i can't you know i I struggle with that and our friend bob goes you know what like I've known, I'm the one who called the cops on you. And, um, and it's kind of funny, but this guy, his neighbor said, you've known? And he said, you've known this whole time what I've done, and you still wanted to be friends with me? And I just thought to myself, isn't that the love of God? 
this guy probably has heard the gospel many times. But in that moment, he experienced it. Because that's how God looks to us. That he sees us in, in, in knowing all that we've done. Even then, he sacrificed his son. He didn't sacrifice his son. Jesus didn't come as a baby into the world for our good selves, for our clean selves, for, for ourselves that, that gets up and, and we feel like we are, we are really rocking it today. That is not the version that he came for. He came for the ugliest part of us. The part that we want to hide, the part that we're ashamed of, the part that, that we don't even want anyone else to know about. That's the part. And I think about this and I think, I think about when I first, the first however many times I've heard the gospel and I'm thankful I, I got this chance to experience it.